Now, the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art. Are you ready? Yes. No, babe, are you ready? Do you know what a cassette is? Play it. Don't you want to hear what's next? I don't hear any music. I made that tape special for today. So, music? A show where we basically create a mixtape for you, like we did in the 90s. I just, I thought this tape was going to be a conversation stimulator. Cassette, cassette, cassette. Welcome to the mixtape. Every week we are serving up an hour-long mixtape. 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 90.3 KRNU, welcome to the mixtape. Every week, a new mixtape with a new theme or genre or some such nonsense. And this week, our theme is 1994. Joining me is Shay Salady. Shay, tell me what your title is. Social media specialist, strategist, something. I just live in the land of digital. <laughs> you live in the land of digital. <laughs> I live in the land of digital. I help people with their social media needs. But you love music in the land of analog. Oh, I love music. So in my former in my former career, I was a theater professor, theater major. Um, so the arts have always played a huge role in my life, and music is just it's everything. We're going to talk about 1994 today, which was your pick, and frankly, I couldn't be happier. 1994 <laughs> was a great year. My dad is a musician, so we grew up in California, and my dad played in rock bands in Hollywood. So music has always been a really pivotal part of my life. I was, you know, six years old in my garage listening to Queen and the Beatles. So music has always been a big part of my life. But in that year specifically, we moved from California to Nebraska. So I think also just personally, there was something there that connected me. There was a familiarness with music that transcended geographic space. And I, things became much more um, memorable, I think, in my mind. As we were driving to different locations, I would associate songs with time and place. So I think that's also why 1994 is so significant to me. And it's also just the greatest year in alt rock ever. It's such a ever. great year in alt rock because it was <laughs> this perfect moment of we were getting pop rock, we were getting a ton of indie and alternative stuff, we still had grunge just firing on all cylinders. We're going to kick off the 1994 mixtape with Bush. Gavin Rosdale was just dreamy. Like, uh, so there's that. But, um, and I actually, when I was going through this list and picking, I put down Glycerine because that was their major hit, but I was so happy when you told me that you chose my second pick on the list, which is Machine Head, because to me, that one, that one just slaps. Like, that is the song. Bush formed in London in 1992. Gavin Rossdale, obviously quite the dreamboat. They named the band after Shepherds Bush in London, and they shortened that to Bush. And, uh, you know, grunge was kind of becoming a thing in the U.S., so they sort of modeled themselves a bit after that. But they had already started the band before grunge got big, so I don't want to make it seem like they were just copying grunge. It was sort of a thing that was going on in parallel in the United States and in England at the time, this sort of grittier sound. But there's something about Bush, it's not as muddy, um, it's not as punk rock, it's a little bit more more alternative and, and pop friendly than some of the grunge bands were, so there's a bit of a shine on it. A little bit more refinement than some of our American, American pop punk or grunge. Bush did start in the United States on a major label, which is something that most of the more grungy bands at the time didn't do. Most of those bands had to go through an indie label. Uh, they went ahead and signed them to a major, and then they put out 16 Stone. And good Lord, did that album have some hits on it. I say, didn't they have like three top 10 hits or something off that album? I might be totally wrong, but they had a bunch of them. Everything's In and Come Down, Glycerine, Machine Head. Oh, Little Things. Little Things was on yes. 16 Stone as well. So that's at least five. <laughs> you ready to play it? Let's do it. Here's Bush, it's Machine Head on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU.
90.3 KRNU. Welcome back to the mixtape 1994, the greatest year in alt rock. And I am joined by Shay Salady. Shay and I have been friends since our Iowa Western days. Um, now you have moved on to be some sort of like social media guru. <laughs> Just heard the cranberries, zombie. That was kind of a game changer for me. I had never really heard anything so dark, I guess, from a woman. Granted, I, I hadn't lived through some of the, the earlier you know, Janis Joplin and things. But for me, that was a different sound altogether, especially coming from a female singer. I agree. And there's something about Dolores O'Riordan's voice that is both sweet in that song on the verse and incredibly powerful and not quite screamy, but like forcefully yelling at you on the chorus. I also love the punk rock sensibility of it being about the political situation in Northern Ireland at the time. Do you watch Dairy Girls? I don't. First episode, I was like, am I going to like this? And I turned it on and the first thing I heard was the cranberries. And I was like, okay, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes music will bring me into a show. I think it was Billions. And I heard Cover Me Up by Jason Isbell. And I was like, all right, I'm here. I'm in. (laughs) No, the cranberries are great. Uh, We've played them on the show many, many times. I mean, I have a vivid memory of driving. It was my first Thanksgiving here in Nebraska. And we were driving to the Children's Museum. And the cranberries was playing. And I kind of thought it was like apropos with cranberries and and Smashing Pumpkins and Thanksgiving. My nine-year-old asked me why there weren't more Thanksgiving songs. And so now I can tell her that the entire Cranberries catalog is a Thanksgiving (laughs) song. There you go. (laughs) Solving the world's problems. (laughs) You're welcome. You just made my parenting life easier, Shay, and I appreciate it. No problem. We can't talk about 1994 and we can't talk about alternative music without really doing a deep dive into what Seattle was to that time. And you chose Soundgarden, Black Hole Sun, for your 1994 Greatest Year in Alt Music mixtape. Going back a little bit to that, that Seattle scene, I also so when I when I started making this list, we could do a part two because I had 20 songs and I had to narrow it down. Sure. Um, but Nirvana and Pearl Jam both had places on my list. And then I realized by 94, they had, they had almost kind of become too mainstream. It was really Soundgarden's year. It was time for another Seattle band to emerge and Soundgarden definitely did that. Um, Soundgarden is so interesting because they formed in 84. So they had been around forever. I think it's important to note that Kim Thale from Soundgarden moved to Seattle with Bruce Pavitt, who was one of the founders of Sub Pop Records. So without Kim Thale, without Bruce Pavitt, without these guys, there would be no Nirvana. There would be no Pearl Jam. There would be no those bands who got started on Sub Pop and made Seattle sort of this mecca of music in the early 90s. So Soundgarden, we really owe a lot to. And unfortunately, like Dolores O'Riordan at the this point um we've also lost chris cornell we're losing a lot of these people shay i know it breaks my heart they were to me still some of the best musicians out there so yeah absolutely okay black hole sun time it's the mixtape on 90.3 krnu Sleep in my youth. 
90.3 KRNU. It's the mixtape. You know you can check it out on KRNU noon on Sundays, krnu.unl.edu or on Twitter at the mixtape KRNU. This week we are joined by Shay Salady, who chose 1994, the greatest year in alt rock as her mixtape. Tell me more about 1994 for you. You were moving. I was moving. So my family, we uprooted from California and headed to Nebraska, which I knew nothing about. Um, And I didn't have many friends here. And so music was kind of my friend. Um, It was also, I think, that time in in our lives where music starts to play an important role. And I still listen to these songs. I find myself, like, it's like comfort food. It's my comfort music, even though it's really sad and not comforting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, particularly when you talk about a song like Doll Parts by Hole, which is what we just played. Not comforting at all, but pretty real. To see a female front woman of a rock band was kind of my dream. Like I wanted to be Gwen Stefani. I wanted to be Courtney Love. Um, That was my dream. It was also, she was kind of dangerous in a way. Like there was something not necessarily scary or frightening, but a little bit dangerous and cool to a young girl that you're like, it doesn't just have to be the boys. Like that's, that's pretty sweet. It is interesting though. I know that she whole had an, an earlier album, I think 91 it released and didn't have much success. And so Doll Parts was kind of their breakout hit. Um, and I, you know, going back to our Seattle scene, how much influence Kurt Cobain, I know that their relationship during the recording of this was really tumultuous and there was drug use issues and how much of that played a role in the songwriting, the production, uh, the storytelling, all of that. Um, I want to, so where in California did you live? I lived in Orange County in that kind of in between LA and San Diego. So your next choice was Stone Temple Pilots and Stone Temple Pilots is from San Diego. Do you think that that sort of California connection comes through in the music? Do you think that that was part of the reason that you got turned on to them? Um, Well, I I don't think that we can deny, I think no matter where you're from, (laughs) the Interstate Love Song was just... I mean, it's epic. You That intro is one of the best intros to me in music ever. I do find myself tending to listen. When I was little, I listened to a lot of Beach Boys. So sometimes surf rock will find its way in to my preferences. Stone Temple Pilots has sort of an aesthetic, very similar to like The Doors. Yeah, there's a like showmanship a- about... Yeah, there really is. There's something that's just, it's the 90s doors. I mean, the movement, I don't know, Scott Weiland just moved like a snake. There's just something. Right? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm thinking Jim Morrison or, you know, Steven Tyler or, you know. Axl Rose, yeah. I mean, yeah. all of those front men and, and he was just this live little thing. And uh, Stone Temple Pilots had a very different sound. It was a, it was still grungy, but there was something that was not seattle about it. Yeah. I think the combination of the DeLeo brothers in that band, because they really are the the core, <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> they are the core, they are the purple, no that doesn't work as well, <laughs> of that band, and um, <laughs> those are album title jokes for anybody who doesn't get that, they ground that band, the DeLeo brothers. His voice, I think, also kind of helps carry that band and that sound. All right, here's Stone Temple Pilots, it's Interstate Love Song on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU.
KRNU, welcome back to the mixtape. Every week, a new mixtape, and we usually do 10 songs, sometimes 11, if we uh, don't talk very long, but that clearly is not the case. <laughs> With 1994, the best year in alt rock. The best year in alt rock. That's, yeah, no, no, no joust. Maybe 1997 rivals a little bit for me, but. It's gonna be about Third Eye Blind again because I cannot make it about Third Eye Blind. <laughs> I tried really hard and it makes me a little sad. I am joined by Shay Salady, who loves 1994 and is tragically a Third Eye Blind fan. Um, <laughs> along with my husband, who is also tragically a Third Eye Blind fan. But you know what? I looked past it with him, and I can look past it with you. We can find common ground. We can find common ground. 1994. (laughs) We can find common ground in 1994. You chose Nine Inch Nails. Closer. 
from the downward spiral i love nine inch nails always been a fan freaked my parents out a great deal as i'm sure you can imagine (laughs) and what i was listening to and i'm like why did my parents let me buy these albums and listen to this i'm like oh no (laughs) they were picking their battles is what they were doing right i think even parents knew that nine inch nails was awesome. It may not have been the lyrical content they wanted for their children, but uh, there was just something so powerful about this album and about that song, Closer. I think the first time I heard the song was actually watching MTV and seeing the video, and I thought, what is this? Mm -hmm. And I need this in my life. And that it really was the downward spiral coming off of the tour from Pretty Hate Machine. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know where he was going. There was some substance stuff going on, um, but he was trying to make this art and really struggling with trying to output this beautiful stuff, but also self-esteem issues and trying to figure out where, where he was in this world. And I think as a teenager at that time, I could definitely relate, if not to the sexual parts of this, just the, just the, the wanting parts of this. You, you touched on something kind of like as an artist and that melancholy and the layers. And I think for me, as as I look at who my favorite bands or artists are, there is this storytelling melancholy. And I think it shaped me a lot as both a young person than as an artist uh, in my professional career, where the, the, con- the human connection and the sadness and the looking for meaning and, and depth and, you know, just relating to other humans Okay, we're going to switch gears to a different part of 94 because 1994 had just a punk rock kick in the ass from Green Day. They were my first pick. When I when I think about alt-rock, I immediately think of Green Day and Basket Case. When they broke onto the scene, it was... To me, it was what Nirvana did for grunge is kind of what Green Day did for alt or punk rock. Third grade, we all had to sit down and write like, what's your favorite color and what's your favorite food? But one of them was, what's your favorite song? And all of my friends, of course, had like New Kids on the Block or something. And I had Basket Case by Green Day and I was that weird kid. And I still think that I win because Billy Joe Armstrong is everything, obviously. I, so I owned this album also. It was actually my dad's album and I stole it from him. Um, and I would listen to it on repeat. And so it's one of those where you you have those albums that you can just listen to from start to finish. And Dookie was one of them for me. Longview, that bass line that opens it. Oh my gosh. Um, when I Come Around is actually probably my favorite song on this album. Really? Mine's Welcome to Paradise. Oh, I love that one too. So oh, good. So good. Or she? All By Myself, because you got to be a champion and you got to <laughs> listen to the hidden track. This is Green Day. Basket Case on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? I am one of those melodramatic fools, neurotic to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I give myself the creeps Sometimes my mind plays tricks on me It all keeps setting up I think I'm cracking up Am I just paranoid? Am I just... I went to a train
try to keep them separated. 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 KRNU, The Offspring, Come Out and Play. A little bit of punk rock there. We had some Green Day. We had some Offspring. Shay Salady is joining me. We are talking about 1994, the best year in alt-rock music. This is another one where I I had a hard time picking because Come Out and Play was, I think, pivotal and and kind of defines this this album. Self-Esteem was one of those songs for me that just, I still listen to. I still love it. It's so snarky, that like, right? la, la, that <laughs> dripping sarcasm. And I know that they kind of got more commercial fame with Pretty Fly for a White Guy, but I'm like, I listened to them when they were cool. I'll still listen to Pretty Fly for a White Guy. There's no shame in my game. <laughs> no shame in that. <laughs> he asked for a 13, but they drew a 31, Shay. Oh, that's that's oh. funny for like the tiniest window when everybody had a 13 FUBU jersey. It's pretty true. Come out and play. I love that you chose this one because I, I agree. Self-esteem is a great track. But you said something earlier that I hear in Come Out and Play, and that's this California influence because that that Dick Dale surf guitar influence on Come Out and Play really, I think, speaks to the offspring and the kind of fusion that they were trying to do with rock and with punk rock, but also with this California surf sensibility. When I hear offspring, I hear California with that surf rock with the spiky blonde hair that was so 90s and also noodles i can't talk about the offspring <laughs> without referencing the fact that someone in the band is named noodles and i love this for them and then yeah going back to green day mike Dern and like 
And anybody who calls themselves Trey Cool, like I'm going right? to look you in the face and say, my name is Trey Cool. cool. That's who I am. So Can I change my, like, will it be professionally acceptable to change my name at this point? Shay Cool? Shay. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. This is a thing. If you're not Shay Cool by the end of the day, we have not done our job here. I'm making business cards as we speak. We think of the early 90s as being a very Seattle-focused, but I think it is more accurate to say that it's a very West Coast-focused, at least in, in alternative and rock. The bands that we've referenced so far, Green Day and The Offspring, Stone Temple Pilots, but also Beck. Yes. Oh, Beck. I love me some Beck. I named my youngest son after Beck. I did not know <laughs> that. Really? Yeah. I love yeah. that. Storytelling is, is my passion. And for me, Beck is a storyteller. So I think on my, I wanted to make sure I included him on this list because it touches on that indie or folk that I don't know that a lot of the other artists do in this category with just a funky backbeat. And he clearly just has music in his blood. Like he, I feel like Beck just makes beats for breakfast. <laughs> like that. Like he just wakes up and is like, I don't know, I just kicked out devil's haircut and then here comes Lost <laughs> Cause. I feel like for somebody like him, and I, I akin it to someone like Prince, where it, they just wake up and they can't not. When you're, when you're an artist, it's just in you. Um, I also read an interview of his one time where he said, you know, I was making $4 an hour. So I had time to just sit and contemplate life all of the time. And if I wasn't not writing, then what the hell was I doing? Like, I had time to be depressed and write these things. Mm -hmm. Beck also, I know, has an art background. You can see all of the art sensibility and there's something about it that really reminds me of like Mark Mothersbaugh and Devo or early Talking Heads. There's a very, where pop meets grunge meets art rock. And then there's all of these fantastic old folk and soul samples. He's just everything. Well, I think that a, a good artist, again, we, we pull from influence and inspiration. And you when you're putting together, when you're composing, whether it be a visual art piece, a dance piece, a theater piece, you're thinking about line, texture, color, rhythm, um, light in space and how things move and sound together as one. Um, and I think Beck does a really great job of illustrating that. Here's Beck, it's Loser on the mixtape on 90.3 KRNU. Splinters.
just wrapping up the 1994 best year in alt rock mixtape uh with shay salady this was her pick such a good list that was smashing pumpkins disarm oh so much of my childhood i saved up my nickels and my dimes because melancholy and the infinite sadness came out and it was a double disc cd and it was like 16.99 at target and i had to save like my birthday and my I covet it. I still have it. Like it's sitting on a shelf and in Siamese dream and their catalog was huge and just such a short span of time. But I think disarm was so haunting and so sad and so broken that, you know, when we talk about just 
pain, you hear it in in his voice. It's just beautiful. And the the bells, it has like these sort of church bells that run through. Yes. So which the important questions here are on the double disc of melancholy and the infinite sadness. Was it the blue one that was your favorite? Which one? Because one of them was pink and one of them was blue. Right. So the pink one, I think, had more hits, but the blue one had my favorite songs. That's right. That's the correct answer. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm glad you came on the journey with it. We, we can be friends now, despite mm-hmm. third eye blind. I still have, you know, listen. <laughs> Smashing what Pumpkins. To them? Like, what? They just made this incredible music for, like, five years, and then... Yeah, they burn bright. I mean, I think Billy Corgan is amazing in a lot of ways. He also, I think, started with a lot of people and you know was kind of a diva but that happens too i mean with with great art often comes great personalities <laughs> but uh the smashing pumpkins are one of those such a total surprise from chicago um not really working as a scene right there other than there was a lot of punk rock coming out of chicago with steve albini and people like that but Smashing Pumpkins came out of that. And I think, honestly, if Smashing Pumpkins hadn't happened, we would miss them. They brought something to this era of music that no one else was bringing. And it wasn't just sneers, and it wasn't just Darcy on the bass. I was going to say Darcy, ooh, and that hair, it was different than anything else happening in that time. Yeah, it was. And I'm so glad to end the mixtape with it. It was a lovely mixtape. I'm so happy to have heard all these songs. And I'm so happy that you joined me, Shay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. We'll have a new mixtape next week, krnu.unl.edu and on Twitter at the mixtape krnu. We'll talk to you next week. Interrupting all programs. Or refusing of the lights This is Radio Clash on Fire